This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Ryan Davis. It's the Dort Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined as always by Davey Eyeballs. He is Robin Von Dobbin. He is promo code Ron Von D. All hail the King of Ginger Ale. It's Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? I don't think I'm ever going to get sick of that theme song now. It really slaps. I was getting getting sick of it, and then I'm like, you know what? I like it. I kind of want a new one, but just the uh, the Ryan Davey. Ryan kinda... Davey. Ah, it's nice. Isn't that like nice? That. Yeah, it's nice. We should get him sometime just to come on and do a live version. Just 10 seconds. Pop on. 10 seconds. And gone. Just get him like, well, see you later. And just like <laughs> kick him off. Yeah. Ope. That's Ope yeah. the Poet, everybody. Uh, <laughs> fantastic stuff there. I'm excited for the topic of jour, Ryan, but we still have a lot to get to. What we're going to do is we're going to bring in the uh, the experts, the comic, the fellow comic book experts in the Dork Shared Universe are going to join us a little bit later on the program, but we are still going to give you all the news and notes that you need in your dork life right now. This week in dork. Yeah. Last week when we were on mid-podcast, mid-podcast. the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, thanks again to everybody who was in the chat Proving that we read the chat during the show is because people are like, ah, Spider-Man trailer, Spider-Man trailer, Spider-Man trailer. So we stopped, broke it down. I also did a one of my famous YouTube trailer breakdowns. Which is great. Yep. Last check, less than 200 views. Fucking junk. (laughs) Fucking junk. Fucking junk. Nobody's paying attention to this goddamn thing. The thing was fucking chode jeans all the way through. 58 waist, 10 inch leg. Fucking junk. <laughs> Go check it out. It's on the YouTube channel for Christ's sake. It's not gonna kill you. It's like two minutes ago. What's it's fucking wrong? Free entertainment. Eat give shit. It a, give it a like, maybe repost it or whatever. And all, all what do I get for my hard work? Get the fuck out of here. That's the last goddamn trailer breakdown I ever do. You anyway, fucking skunk. Did you have any follow-up thoughts from what we talked about last week on Spider-Man? Yes, I have a lot. As you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this on this property. As I sip out of my 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 spider mug, but That's a good spider mug. Um, I don't. In my mind, I'm having a hard time reconciling how Doctor Strange could be so frivolous as to try this spell. But 
There's no way he's doing this. That's not strange. Either strange Either is that. Manipulated or we finally get Mephisto. It kind of has to be one of the two. Or my guess is with the events of Loki and WandaVision, he has his own motivations for wanting to try this because he needs to find Wanda and he needs to find the Lokis and be like, or he needs to find Kang and be like, what the fuck? Is it a Doctor Strange variant? Could be a Doctor Strange variant. My head's going to blow up. I, I mean, someone brought someone yeah. on Twitter brought up the good point. He's like, how do I? He's like, well, what if MJ forgets? And then someone on Twitter was like, then just fucking tell her again. It's easy. Yeah, that part made no sense. He was like, well, Aunt May should know. Yeah. And you can tell her. You can tell her again. As soon as as soon as we get done with this, run home and tell her again. Boom, done. I don't really know what the catch is. I, it, so th there has to be something more. It can't be that simple. There has to be. There has to be something more. But Doctor Strange was the big takeaway. Obviously, you're going to get, uh, you know, Doc Ock and Green Goblin. You're going to get uh, Jamie Foxx. I didn't mention him, but there's like a little Electro thing in there. Yes. And there's also um, when Peter kind of like looks behind him, like you see like an explosion behind him. Someone blew out the footage, like brought up the brightness and stuff. And you can actually see Lizard. So that's Lizard then. Yes. Some people are like, oh, it might be Venom. And you're like, mm, I doubt it. I still don't think they're going there. I'm going to be, that'll be the most surprised. At this point, not going to be surprised by Daredevil or Marvel Netflix characters. Not going to be surprised by Tobey Maguire. Not going to be surprised by Andrew Garfield. I would be surprised by Tom Hardy Venom. I would be stunned by yeah. Tom Hardy Venom, but I expect everyone else is on the table. I, I agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. Any of these little fuckers ever pop out of the fucking wall and say, fuck, there's a horse cock in my room or a donkey dick? <laughs> you know what else was funny, too? At, we are in mid-trailer breakdown. After breaking, after we got our the breaking news from the chat, we go into breaking news mode, start breaking down the trailer without playing the thing. And as we're in the actual middle of our breakdown, Mac comes in and is like, the new Spider-Man trailer dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're plus, Jeffrey, yeah. we're talking about it right now. The most viewed trailer of all time. Yeah. How of all that? time. Like, fuck. I mean, how long have people been waiting for this? People have been waiting a long time. Like, movies that are coming out after this have had trailers for months. What trailer can you recall were you the most excited to see? Wow. That's a good question. Great question. And that's why I post it. And I would say Infinity War was way up there for me, thinking in the recent times. Honestly, when I heard, I think it was in front of, I forget what movie it was in front of. It was an IMAX movie. I want to say, I forget. It might have been Avatar. I don't know. But whatever, The Dark Knight, when they did like the first seven minutes of The yeah. Dark Knight with the Joker bank robbery. Yeah. That was tits. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, but that's not even a trailer necessarily. Yeah. Again, oh, Hash King in the tra uh, chat. And this is old school, but we were definitely, I remember being pumped for Star Wars Episode One. I remember seeing the poster first. That might be, we talk about trailers, okey-doking you into thinking it's a good movie. Yeah. That poster with Jake Lloyd as little Anakin Skywalker and the Darth Vader shadow behind him. I had that all through high school and college. I had yep. that in a room. And that might have been that. one of the best movie posters I've ever seen. Incredible. And then you watch the movie and, and you're like, what whatever. a dump. Whatever. Uh, Ryan, we were talking about Doctor Strange a moment ago. And he is going to be at the center of episode four of What If, yes. which comes out this Wednesday. Episode three was What If the Avengers All Get Murdered. What did you think of that episode? I haven't watched it yet. 
So you you can tell me what you think. I was actually going to watch it tonight. Um, I've been in the throes of new guy training at my new Got it. job. Yeah. So uh, what I would say, this is probably the most generic, spoiler-free review ever, and it's not going to actually tell you much. Not as good as episode two, better than episode one. All right. That's what I figured. That's what I figured you would say. I feel like most things in the world are worse than episode two and better than episode one. But well, that- don't you just you love a good? I know you love a good who done it. Oh, that's what this is. Yeah. Speaking of who done it, we'll get to one of those coming up. I believe sure. in our top ten Batman mm-hmm. comics. Uh, the King's Man trailer came out. We tweeted that out at Dork Podcast. The film will be out December twenty second. You in on King's Man? I am. I love. This is kind of like a Bond movie, but I I am a sucker. You know how some people are like suckers for heist movies or they're suckers yeah. for um, slasher movies like you or whatever. You suck. I come in. I love spies and gadgets. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I love Inspector ga- Gadget, one of your favorites. One of my favorites. Even in my own life, I like gadgets. Look at this goddamn thing I just got. Like, what is that? Let's just so what is that. So Should it's a it's this? a Razor Tartarus V2. So Probably basically not. it's it's supposed supposed to be is that a number a, pad just for numbers? It's it's there the they're not the keys are numbered, but it's not a number pad. So the idea is that um you can use it as like a gaming thing. It's like a mouse pad and but All right. what I use it for is photo editing and video editing. You can basically program the keys to be what you want them to be. So I can I don't have to take my hand off the keyboard or mouse and I can just kind of do my thing. What's that gonna run you? So this was actually on sale. Should I have bought this? Right? So this is Here. typically eighty dollars. Okay. Right? Eighty dollars normally. Eighty dollars normally. I got it for forty nine dollars. This is how we do obviously had to have it. It's a good Smart. investment on your end. Yeah, I mean, I, I use it all the time. Yeah, all right. So, well, that's good. Yeah. Ryan, I saw one of the best movies of 2021. And when I say that, just know that I've seen over 50 movies that have come out. Yeah, this you have seen a lot of shit. I see everything. And almost everything is at home. Like, almost mm-hmm. everything. But now, we're going we're going back to the theater. Uh, Candyman. Only going to say it once, but it was great. It was great. It was great. I really, really liked it. Not the best movie of the year, but I think I have it either in my top five or six. I liked it a lot. It does it do the first one justice. Yes. Did you see that Netflix is making a Texas Chainsaw movie? That's a direct sequel to the first to Toby Hooper's. Yes. And this is I would like to you've been very right about Gambit movies and many other Marvel things Mm -hmm. along the way. I would just like to say that I think it was even pre-Halloween or right around that Halloween time, the Danny McBride one, saying that this is going to be the new trend and should be the new trend. Take a really, really good horror movie that mm-hmm. might have had 10 shit sequels. Yep. Pick it up right after the first awesome movie and say that all those other ones didn't exist. So yes. be like, we're picking that one up. Right, It's the sequel to that one. No, not that one. Just that one. Just just this one. And just that's this what Candyman does. And it's uh, it's really well done. So I'm excited there, for other people to see it. Were there two other Candymans? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. And I think, look, I forget if they got Virginia Madsen back for one of them or not. Those ones I have like no recall of. But I have no, I've seen them. them. There's two of them. Yeah. Uh, but the first one was so good. And then this one, uh, if you're a fan of the first one, I think you'll be a fan of this one, plus sort of the different spins on it. And um, 
I don't know if like Jordan Peele necessarily gets a lot of credit for this. So he's like one of three people on the screenplay and he's a producer, but he's yeah. not the director. So it's not like Get Out or Us. Like I think his, he obviously had his fingerprints on this, but it's not like, ooh, this one counts as a win for him, I wouldn't say. No, but I also think the role of producer is kind of nebulous exactly. what you do. So it's like, one, you're the money guy. You, yeah. you know, you keep everything on schedule. But I really think the producer has, if if appropriate, can have his fingers in the writing room and yeah. um, directing um, and also. I'm sure they the director and the writers asked for his input. Yeah. No, you're right. And yeah. Uh, all right, Ryan, that is the news that I got. Let's get to your thing. It's time for Davey's video game minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. All right, Ryan, what do you have? Well, so speaking of Marvel trailers, we were talking about this in the off-air show, as Gresh says. And what one of the things that took us both by surprise was the trailer for Marvel's Midnight Suns. Now, yeah, what this? I had heard rumblings through people that um, there's a game called XCOM, which is like a turn-based like like strategy game that does very well. I, I have played one of them. It's very, very good. But the people who make XCOM and Marvel games were teaming up on a game. That's all I had heard. And I had been hearing that for years. And then all I had no idea that this game was so close to completion yeah, as like, it was. Trailer. That's great. Yeah, it's like a fully fleshed out thing. And tomorrow, or sorry, the first on Wednesday yep. at um, I think it's 1130 Pacific time. So that'll be 230 here. They're doing a gameplay trailer. So this game just came out literally out of nowhere for me. And it looks tits. It does. Yeah. It's it like does. Justice League Dark plus XCOM. Ah, laser beam! Better than fireballs, you pussy. Would I you think say better than fireballs, you pussy? The trailer was. Right. That's all we could base it on. So right. that's all that's all the questions about. All right. I'm gonna have to see some gameplay. I'm gonna have to see some because I really like the Ultimate Alliance games. This is a little bit more turn-based. So um, I'm interested to see how this works, how the mechanics here work. Um, oh, no, lose all our sponsors? no Jason, for Christ's sake. Goose, Jason and so, the kids, did you guys lose all your sponsors, LOL? We, no, we didn't lose them. We just forgot to mention them. We just, so it is, them. don't tell them because here's, here's the thing. And I'm, I, I'm pissed at myself because I was so excited to talk about Midnight Suns that I, whatever. Fucking absolutely botched the Wild Bills read. So this portion of the program is brought to you by our friends at wild bills soda go to drinkwildbills.com use the promo code ron von d get yourself 20 percent off some soda i mention them now because breaking news oh fuck i'm not ready for it you're not ready it doesn't matter yes doesn't i am let it play folks now a hashtag dork news flash news flash what could it be if you are planning on attending boston fan expo this weekend uh, specifically, on uh, they'll be there all weekend. Wild Bills will be there all weekend. Oh, get your fill. Get, get your, your fill. Now. If you've ordered Wild Bills, they gave you a little coupon for a free soda. Definitely go and get that. If you were looking to even take that a step further, I will be there on Sunday. Oh, shit. Rich Keefe will not be in attendance, but I will be there. Um, I will be there on Sunday. Um, I have a gold coin from Wild Bills, which means I get free soda for <laughs> life. So eat shit. Brag. Brag. Yeah. 
So anyway, so get it on. Marvel's uh, Midnight Suns looks really cool. Um, all the costumes they had in the game look sh- the shit already. Someone was bitching about Ghost Rider. I think Ghost Rider looks awesome. But um, China, news out of China, they are now limiting the amount of video games that people can play to three hours and only on the weekends. Oh, boy. How long would so you last? It, How long, long would I last? I... Probably like the three and a half hours. But you got to figure like how big of a problem is it really? I mean, I've heard stories of like kids going in internet cafes and playing World of Warcraft. So they literally died. I think that was in Korea, not China, but still. Right. Um, Yeah, I guess that's bad. Although I remember freshman year, my uh, the head of house, he he was cracking down on uh, video games. He didn't like video games. Yeah. You don't remember that? He was always so mad. because All we did was play Tekken and Worms, too. Yeah, but we weren't bothering anybody. No, but he was pit. No, not your dorm, my dorm, my freshman year. Oh yeah, he was always cracking the whistle. I'm like, do you know what other kids are doing in the same dorm? Anyway, well, I find your playing of video games to be quite frivolous. That's a very niche. Uh, That's a very niche inside joke. The guy's name was Berkeley Latimer, and he does sound just like that. But again, nobody would understand. I that. believe he was from he was from Georgia, and he spoke with a lisp. I got girl guys up there playing worms. Do you I know Keefe? Yeah, do you, know, <laughs> you know that one time my sister, so my sister's four years older than me. So I was a freshman in high school. She was a freshman in college. Yes. She visited me in my dorm and he came over and I was like, obviously you weren't, there are were certain hours where you couldn't have girls in your room. But again, it's my freaking sister. It's your my sister. Yeah. Hey, my, so he comes walking in. He's got a little look on his face like I'm in trouble. And I'm like, oh, this is my sister. And I introduced him and he goes, all right, stay vertical. Stay vertical. Stay vertical. It's my sister. It's your, it's your sister. Oh, listen, dude, I'm not from the South. All right. That is just like how, like where his mind went. I'm like, and he's, that's it. He's a doctor. That guy. What are we yeah, doing? He's a doctor. Anyway. Reminds me of my, I, I got a joke. I had a joke there, but I'm not going to tell it. But anyway, that's another. My, fa- my favorite Berkeley Latimer thing, though, you would do, and I would laugh every single time. This guy would start talking and be like, hello, students of St. Paul School. This is Berkeley Latimer. And you would look over at me and you would just go, Hibbity, Herbity, Hibbity, Hibbity, Herbity. He'd come out. All we do is play stickball outside and he'd get mad. And then he'd yeah. come, out, come on now, give me one. Go ahead. Come on, give me one swing. Come on, give me one swing. <laughs> and then he'd throw it. He'd whiff. He'd like, come on, one more. Throw it down the middle. Come on. I'm like, oh, dude, come, come on. on. Come on. Hibbity. He was probably 410, yep. buck 80. And he would go biking, and he would wear the tightest spandex. I remember my parents saw him one time. They're like, what was that guy? I'm like, oh, he's the head of house. It's 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag, as we say. <laughs> he's the head of house. Not good. All right, Ryan. Thanks. Oh, by the way, we're also still sponsored by 47 Brand. Go to 47brand.com. Hashtag dork at checkout. They have fucking new sick hats. You see the new sick hats? Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm on there every day. They got the big. It's like in big block capital letters like the team name and then like the yep. double color and then the logo on the side yeah oh it's a snapback i want that one real bad so bad you know which I one i want is the one so that has like bad. it'll say like boston but has like the rope across it i don't I know want I, that I, I one like so bad i don't want that one but you like uh, the one that, yeah i'm I, looking at them right now i'm looking at them. i might get the patriots one then i might pick a college team i might just throw a dart and pick a cool maybe based on the colors get a color. the oregon one looks nice the oregon one does look nice i thought the same thing yeah. i want that one so so bad. bad all right i got a question for you right 
20 ready for bisque i think we're ready for bisque i think now more than ever i think it's you know a nice cream are based soup are y'all ready for bisque y'all are it's the topic of the day i'm glad you asked today it is top 10 batman comics a topic so vast that the two of us could not handle it together that is why we outsource this to fellow comic book experts i enter in to the proceedings Dr. Joe, the backcracker from TLDR. Dr. Joe, how are you? I'm staying vertical. <laughs> Smart. Smart man. Also, Married guy. All right. His co-host from TLDR. That'd be one Nick Fryer. Fry guy, how are you? I got too much fucking shit on. <laughs> if you said that with with the helmet on, that would have been fucking oh, I can't. I, <laughs> we do an X-Men episode, but I can wear that. Too yes. much fucking shit on me. I can't breathe. And rounding out this pentagon of man is Chris Shime Time. Shime. Shime, how are you? What is up, you sexy sons of bitches? Oh, Shime, I love the shirt you're wearing. It's coming oh, in. Oh, fired up. Synergy. I couldn't find mine. This would have been real awkward. Twin day, you silly gooses. <laughs> All right, so what we have done, we have done an endeavor, which is we have come up as a group with the top 10 Batman comics or graphic novels, if you will, of all time. And obviously there's ones being written every single day, but we all put together a list of 10. I uh, did the math on that. So whatever one came in one got 10 points all the way down to the one that came uh, at 10 got one point. And this is the combined list. I'll say right now, uh, there could have been 50 different books if everybody had oh. 10 different ones. There ended up only being, I believe, 19. So we had quite a bit of overlap. I think only four, our top four, were unanimous. Then there was a lot of others that appeared on four or three of the list. But I say we dive right into it. And it's also going to be spoiler-ish. So this is a way for people who haven't read them. These should be ones that you want to read. We'll try not to give away everything, so it'll still be worth reading. But a lot of times, these have been out for a while. So Joe. Maybe you've missed them a little bit. Uh, yes, Joe famously has spoiled. Well, he spoiled one book. Yes, and yes. thankfully, Fryer edited the shit out of it. So when I heard it, he <laughs> leaped out what he said about the book. And you uh, bought the wrong book. Yeah. yeah. No, it didn't matter. <laughs> I did buy the wrong book. Okay. I, I've admitted that. And that book, sucks, by the way, that book was terrible. But anyway, the wrong book. So top 10 Batman comics. We'll start with number 10. And uh, Nick Fryer will present number 10. So go ahead, Nick. Oh, this was number 10? Okay, so I am... I, stop, stop. <laughs> I sent you the fucking list. Dude, we have the list. Yeah. I sent you the list again today. There's numbers by... Was it confusing to anybody else? Shine? No, no. Not even a little bit. I just I, had a brain fart. I apologize. 10, I wrote it I'm, down ready, I'm ready to go. I just, for some reason thought it was the a number. number and who's presenting it? Couldn't be me, Friar. I couldn't have written it any more places. But Well, <clears throat> all right, anyways... Now I'm going to talk about Batman White Knight, which is written and drawn by Sean Murphy. The artist on that is Matt Hollingsworth, who he pairs up quite a bit. Uh, Batman White Knight was, for me, a, a big book that, like, I, I've read, you know, obviously a fair amount of Batman over the years, but there's never been one that, like, oh, sorry, there have been a few that I've really been hooked to, but this was one that seemed very different to me, um, just because it's, like, it's in the DC Black Label. I think this was the first Black Label Batman book that we got. 
so that was that was huge for me because now it's like okay this is like grounded we don't have to worry about all the continuation because obviously we've had detective comics going on forever we've had batman going on in general that title for so long and then you have batman superman and all this different crap um and basically the big focus of this is aside from it being grounded is what if joker became essentially sane what would that world look like what would gotham look like how would batman fit into all this um and and i just think that that i never would have asked that question ever and the way that joker evolves throughout the course of this and how batman kind of devolves from the start till the finish um you get a sequel series with batman curse the white knight and then there's supposed to be more uh, we got a harley quinn spinoff in this world too but i thought sean murphy created an outstanding world with this and what he did with joker too was just was um very unique for the character and doc you like this one too this was in your top 10 as well yeah i mean i love sean murphy's art and i love i love black label i think it's one of the things that dc happens to do better than marvel you know because we get so enamored with these characters and, and, and they, they have to stay in their lane. And when creators come in, they're, they're told you can't do this. You can't do that. Whereas with black label, they get some leeway, they get some freedom. And this is sort of like a, a less, you know, uh, fantastical. What if story, you know, mm -hmm. that you get with this, with the, with the black label stuff. So, I mean, I love Sean Murphy's art and, and I, I, I would fryer on this one, the, the whole thing with the Joker, you know, sort of, He's almost like Two Face in a way, or he's got like you know he's those two personalities, and and seeing him as a good guy, and seeing him in that world at times, and seeing him or I say he's a good guy, but be saved, it was just it's sort of refreshing to read some of these characters that we love in a, in a different way, in a different light. I know we're on a smaller screen, but this is the uh, the Batman McFarlane version came out sick. And I was gonna, I was gonna mention that one of the things that jumped out of me at the with this title right right out of the shoot was the was the suit. And how yeah, yeah. how how Murphy draws the suit, and I for some reason I love the covered shoulders. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. For I, I just love that look. Um, yeah. But yeah, for I sure. didn't do his artwork justice, but I love his stuff. Sorry, Keith. No, I was just gonna say I like too that I think for a lot of people they probably have whatever their favorite Batman books are, and they're like nothing can touch this. And I think this list, including White Knight, sort of shows that even in the last few years there are original ideas still to be written about Batman where you're like, I don't think there's been a character more written than Batman. I'm just basing that off of a hunch, but I think you're right. there's been so Probably. many variations, so many versions of it, so many reboots, so many of this. Uh, we, we've seen some of the coolest stuff too. We've seen some changes and then you're like, all right, here's something we also haven't seen yet. And it came out what a couple of years ago. And you're right. It was, was it this or it might've been damned, which was one of the first, uh, da Damned was the first one. That was the bat penis book. Yes. <laughs> the famous bat penis. I bought that day one. Got <laughs> <laughs> that behind me. All right. So Batman White Knight by Sean Murphy is number 10 with number nine. Let's go to Ryan Davey. And this is actually I'm we'll get to the placement of this book to start, but a wonderful segue from what Friar and, and Joe just said into this book. And number nine is Batman, the killing joke. Um, this written by Alan Moore, uh, art done by Brian, was it Brian Bolland? Bolland? Um, yeah. This, and I understand why this might've been as low as it was on the list. And a lot of people believe it's because it's not technically a Batman story, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right. However, if you look at the title, even on the book, and if you're watching the YouTube the version, we're putting up all the covers here. The title is Batman. The killing joke. Now, for me, what makes this the Batman story? It's obviously the main character of the book is the Joker. But one of the things that the, that Alan Moore does 
I think better than anybody. This is okay. Let's take a step back. This is the definitive Joker origin story in my mind, um, where he is a failed comedian. Um, he gets in debt with some people and tries to like pull a job. He has the red hood on. Ding ding ding. Yep. Mm. Right. So. <laughs> So he becomes like the Red Hood and try and then become falls in a vat of acid, becomes the Joker. He's also a failed comedian, which leads its way to Joaquin Phoenix's depiction of Arthur, right? Um, but what this book does, it, it's at its core, I think the psychology of Batman and the Joker, not to get too lost in the weeds with it, but you see for the first time how these two are so opposite, but not that different. If that makes any sense, because yeah, one bad day, it was one bad day. And that's what he, that's where that line comes from. The difference between me and you is one bad day. And he, he does this horrific crime to Barbara Gordon. He shoots her in the back, paralyzes her, then takes photos of her naked body, sends them to her father. And his whole thing is like, his motivation is like, this is a joke. And Batman is the complete opposite. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to what Joker does or why he does it. Batman, it's very clear why he does what he does, but they're both fucking crazy. And that's what the Joker is trying to pull out of Batman in this story is you're just as crazy as I am. Well, I, also, I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, was, I, that, yeah. I fucked up. I, I, <laughs> I love how there are certain ones, and before I forget, because there are other ones on this list that are the same way, where you take sort of a, uh, a one little arc, one story arc, but then something in it becomes so... Uh, like well liked and well respected that it's now canon right you know mm -hmm. so like so the joker to me shooting barbara gordon that's not in every version but it's like all my favorite versions i'm like yeah if you're going based on the alan moore one i'm with you and there's like stuff from year one that we're going to get to later on they're like yep right. you guys are picking up from that okay and so oracle being in a wheelchair people are like oh how's barbara gordon in a wheelchair there's the story right there right mm -hmm. Huge you know, point yeah. of controversy now too. Anytime you see Barbara Gordon where she's not in a wheelchair, that like that there's a community now that like they that gave her them a hero that they didn't have before. Now when you don't see her in a wheelchair, it, it becomes it's like definitely been a frustrating point for oh, some DC fans over the years. Yeah, this was a this was a tough book for me to rank. I, I left it off my top ten because I just felt like it wasn't as much one of Batman's great stories. Like it is, it is, it is in it, in its, in its core, it is the ultimate Joker story. It is the right. Joker origin. And, and to me, it is more so just a, a, a portrayal of how the Joker can make it so that he's going to try and torture a guy like Jim Gordon, the most, the most in, uncorruptible man you can find to try and make it one bad day. He can become mm -hmm. me when in essence, like Jim Gordon is able to kind of fight back and show the power of, you know, a man's will. Yeah. And so I, I think, I think for me, that's kind of more what this story was based on and not necessarily based around the character of Batman. Well, yeah. and I think in, in to, to push back a little bit, I mean, the idea of one bad day, Batman's entire life goes back to one bad day. Yeah. Joker's life goes back. And so what I, what I loved about it and why I think that Batman is in the title is because it's drawing that line of like they've both and one went this way, one, one zigged, one zagged. Yeah. So to yeah. speak. And I think that is essential to reading any Batman is that understanding of that yeah. dynamic. And, and another thing about this book too, I, I like Shiv, I kept it off my list because I really just kind of kept it to Batman stories where to me, like I said, Shiv said, this is really about the Joker and Gordon. But 
out of out of the pantheon of books, you know, this is one of the greats. And the thing about this book too is that the way that Brian Boland drew the Joker, not just it's not just the the Barbara Gordon stuff getting shot and becoming Oracle has that that's sort of taken on a life of its own, but that that you know version of uh, Joker, how he's been drawn is referenced even today like now mm-hmm. when, when writers are writing books and they're doing a flashback to a joke you know, to a joker they you when they yeah. when you see joker with that weirdo top hat on or whatever like or i see the the shot with him it's not a shot but like the the panel of him with his hand through yeah. his hair laughing yeah like that is the, the panel's yeah. amazing and, and job is right this book the whole time it's, it's tremendous um job is right barbara gordon was shot in the stomach and it hit her in the spine sorry yes. we Sorry, you're right. Either way. Yeah, either way. You get the idea. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love the fact that Alan Moore did Batman. I mean, even though, again, it's more Joker, sure, but just like him getting involved, I think, uh, made it really good. And I think it's referenced a lot. And I think anybody, because again, I think the core, like a Batman, Joker, Gordon, like when you're telling these stories, it's like, all right, how are they all kind of connected? How are they all involved? It's like three different people that chose three different ways of doing what they felt like they should be doing. Uh, yeah, and I think it's just it's super memorable, and the ending is a uh, is a great uh, all time ending. Now the the animated movie terrible, like the animated Six. movie they kind of oh. did their oh. own thing, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, just do the book, just do exactly what the book is. Well, you know? I have a question for you guys. Do you think this is the worst animated inter- interpretation, or there's another one on this list that has a terrible, awful? animated interpretation well i, I think were. i oh, think oh. the relationship of bruce wayne and barbara gordon in this animated makes movie Gordon's makes fucking zero sense so bad so I, bad i agree with you and oh. as a as any batman fan watching that would be disgusted as disgusted as berkeley latimer insinuating that rich was going to have heroes don't relation do that, with his sister no, they don't. no heroes I do that. Worn that shirt. <laughs> but just not but just not with people who are like their kids you know what i mean yeah. like his niece or nephew yeah it was a choice it was they, a real choice. They should have stayed vertical. All right, let's That's go. That's a callback. Uh, Chris Scheim has number eight on our list. Number eight is uh, the classic death in the family uh, story. Uh, this was in 1988, uh, written by Jim Starlin, illustrated by uh, Jim Aparo. Uh, so this is basically the story of Jason Todd's death, his famous death. Um, he was so unlike or disliked by everyone that they literally mm-hmm. set up a 900 number for people to call in and determine Jason Todd's fate. And like, it ended up being like possibly or up to this point, probably the most brutal death we had seen in a Batman comic yet. And, and so it kind of just set the tone for everything going forward. And um, the idea of uh, the Joker kidnapping and brutalizing Jason Todd uh, is one of the most memorable moments in any Batman comic in history. The crowbar. I mean, it's one it of those just... all timers. And to me, one that it should be canon. Like that's how Red Hood or I'm sorry, Jason Todd, the second Robin should have been killed by Joker. And again, tying Joker and Batman together even more. And then we'll get into Red Hood and what it sort of spins off of. But taking a character who was admittedly pretty lame, like nobody liked him. Like he wasn't Dick Grayson. He was like half Dick Grayson, half just like an annoying kind of shitty character. Mm-hmm. And enough so more people wanted him dead than not. 
And but what you did was you really elevated Joker. It's basically like a wrestling match where you had, you know, you had somebody really good beat somebody and you're like, all right, that guy's now over. And that's what you did with Joker. You made him even better. And now it's how does Batman react to this? Because Batman had a lot of issues and like a lot of other people in the city have died, a lot of this and that. But somebody in his own, as it says in the title, in his family died. How is he going to react? And uh, I love it. I will say this, Shime. I didn't have this on my list because I love the idea of it. And I love the like the synopsis more than the actual book. And maybe that's also because of when it was written and how some of these books look now and sort of like the stories that they tell, like just like the yeah, illustrations I think, now. I think the big thing for me is it's, it's it's one of the stories that shows Batman being pushed as close to the breaking point as you basically see him, right? Yeah. Like he comes to a point where he like he will literally and he ends up beating the Joker to like within an inch of his life, but he won't take that life. Even mm-hmm. when the Joker takes a man who is his surrogate son, even if he had anger issues, it, it, the Joker takes his life from Batman and Batman still can't get to the, get over that edge of just taking the Joker's life. And, and so, to, and to, to further that, I think one of the beauties of this book is like the Joker knows he's never, yep. he's not going to kill him. Exactly. And what pissed me off is people who were talking about Jared. Okay. So remember in uh, Batman V Superman, you saw Jason Todd's suit and it said like so, the Joker had spray painted something. You wrote like, right? ha, 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 like jokes on yeah. you, something like that. Right the joker's teeth like he was oh, he's wearing like a grill right in that movie it's because batman punched all of his teeth out like yeah. zack snyder or i forget was it zack snyder who was like oh, the reason it, it, david ayer said that david ayer was like the reason he's doing that is because batman almost killed him and punched all his teeth out yeah and mm-hmm. it was because of that yes. right so that it's a direct tie to that book so that i again that's it's canon now that that's what happened but that's yeah. also to me what's so great is that you have two of the closest people ever to batman one was killed by and one was paralyzed by joker and he still so won't kill him he doesn't have and he still won't kill him and he doesn't really have like a second like there's so many other really good batman villains and that's why i think batman's the best like hero of all time because of the because of part because of the rogues gallery but there isn't an equal like Joker. Like everybody else is like fighting for second place. And I feel like other comic book titles have tried to do this and they can't. Yeah. And, and what this book did too, it, it achieved two other things, you know, so like in the, and when it was written, obviously this couldn't have been, been foreseen, but where writers have taken the character of red hood now and, and that mythos and, and the, you know, is, has been fantastic. And, and what, what you're seeing too, is that, Batman is a very flawed character, a very flawed individual. One thing he very rarely does is admit failure. And he'll, you know, I, we might even see this in, in, in a book later on the list. Uh, but, you know, he always talks about Jason Todd, the death of Jason Todd being his greatest failure. And that is just a, another humanizing element of this, this superhero that we see, you know, this, this, you know, greater than life character. And when this book was written, it was, it was, to, kill off you know it was like okay how are we going to deal with this shitty character we don't like but the dominoes that fell as a result of it and the stories that we've gotten since then have been fantastic so i shime and i were both too young when this came we actually weren't even born when this book came out yep. um so i'm curious for the the elder statesmen here who were, were read this when it was coming out or maybe shortly after did you guys think about calling in did you call in um to go and try and get jason todd off i have a, i i was 
not allowed to call 900 numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, because this true story. So we get a phone bill one time and my brother had called one of those like late night, like 900 things and like racked up like $60 in phone charges or something like that. And my mother was bullshit. So I was petrified. I think I was, when did this come out? 88. Yeah. I was, only, I was only four. So. I was, I was set. I was reading comics. I was seven, you know, but like, I remember being like, I'm not, I, I seeing it and being like, I'm not calling it. No, I remember reading about it after the fact. And like, that's what jumps out. Like, that's like the big story from that comic is mm -hmm. like, they, they let viewers and it was still kind of polarizing within DC, like whether they should do this or not. I think it was great. I also think that it helped kind of springboard it into some more mature Batman stories. I think it helped with that. And again, that's kind of maybe where we're coming at it, where, there's definitely plenty of Batman stories for, for younger audiences, but if you want to grow with it and have sort of the mature audience stuff, like a, sometimes a character has to go like, right. Like, and it's comics. They can always come back. And that's yeah. sort of what's, what's great about this one is not only was the death great, but the resurrection was even better, which is kind of hilarious how number seven on our list. And this is based on points. This is exactly what it was. Batman under the red hood. Ooh, beautiful. By, how that works out. Judd Winnick. And I love this. This is one of the great examples of the animated movie being great as well mm -hmm. that he did. And this is just so good. And to me, this is like the core of Red Hood. The core of Red Hood needs to be he's back and he's pissed that Batman wouldn't avenge his death. That's what it needs to be. Like, we were close. You let me die. I'm not even mad that you let me die. I'm mad that you let Joker get away with it. And then Red Hood sort of. He always has a good back and forth with Black Mask, which is a big part of this one. That's sort of like his uh, eye-to-eye -eye villain, if you will. But the whole story with the uh, Lazarus Pit and then him coming back and sort of being a... He's not a full villain, but he's pretty close to being a villain. And he's just hyper-violent. And Batman never uses guns, unless, of course, he's in a Zack Snyder movie. But he never normally uses guns. And Red Hood almost entirely uses guns. And just the juxtaposition between the two characters... I love it. This was a great read. And Judd Winnick is a uh, great writer of Red Hood. He also did a long run on Green Arrow. And one of his runs on Green Arrow, he brought Red Hood in for like three or four issues. And it's just more badass killing Red Hood, like vigilante, towing the line of being a supervillain Red Hood stuff. So I love this one. This was, and, and Friar, I know you, like me, are obsessed with Red Hood. And this book, this is the one that everybody has to read. There's been other great things written about Red Hood, but you got to read this one. And it's a great Batman book, too, though, just because of that, how important that relationship is. A thousand percent. And I look, I love the new 52 run, and Scott Lobdell probably has written the character more than anybody, but he kind of lost touch with, with Red Hood. Or at least DC, it seemed like, kind of gave him some directions to kind of tone him down. Because, Keith, I think you're absolutely spot on when you talk about how he's violent. Like, he uses guns. We need to see him do that shit. He is he is not a hero. He goes and tries to... He's a criminal, he, and he tries to be a hero that way, but in doing so, you're going to commit crimes in the course of stuff. So... I love what you know what the character is. I feel like there have been times where he's been frustrating over the years how he's been written, but yeah. this absolutely is like you, if you want to learn about Red Hood, you got to read this first, hundred percent. And you had mentioned too the adaptation from this into a movie, to an animated movie. It might be it might be the best one. And and yeah. I'm a I'm a big Jensen Ackles guy and uh, from Supernatural fame, and so him voicing Red you're Hood. The, you're actually, the one. 
Yes, I'm the one. <laughs> and he is uh he's actually tremendous. And every time I hear like the soliloquy at the end, him talking to Batman where he's saying, I you just kill him, not Two-Face, not Penguin, not anybody else, just him for what he did to me, and you still couldn't do it. And and Batman tells him no because it'd be too goddamn easy. It it gives me chills every single time. Uh, it's so good. By the way, Shime, he's Batman in the Long, Long Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know how we haven't gotten more Winnick on Red Hood. I mean, he did the um, Red Hood, The Lost Days, where he was getting trained by Talia Al Ghul, which was yep. solid. We actually talked about that on TLDR at one point because that's like the one that kind of flies under the radar. But I would have loved more from him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I again, I'm, I'm with you. Like, there are certain Red Hood stories that just aren't as good because – they almost want him to be too much of a good guy. You're like, that's not what he needs oh, to be at all. So and then sometimes his backstory gets a little convoluted, mm-hmm. which I don't love when they're like, oh, he's in like this group of like random ass characters. Like, no, no, no. Tali Al Ghul saved him for Batman and put him in the Lazarus pit. And then that fucking changed him into a psycho. And then he comes back. That's all I need. I don't need all this other stuff, like where he was training and all that. He's He doesn't need to be trained that much more. He was already a fucking killer and rob and Titans. The TV show Titans does a good job at showing him in season two as Jason Todd already being a guy who can handle himself. He's like a little guy. He's like a little Robin, but there's a group of people he can kick all their asses. And now coming back this year is red hood. Although I still have questions about his whole origin in that show. They're still in the process of the like five, episodes, <laughs> I don't remember, but all right, let's get to number uh, six on our list with Chris Shine. Uh, guys, this would be Batman the Black Mirror. Um, if there's anything anybody knows about me, it's actually that Bruce Wayne isn't my favorite Batman. It is none other than Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is one of my favorite comic book characters, probably of all time. Uh, and this is a story about when he is Batman in Gotham. Uh, it's post-Final Crisis, so Batman had died and come back and is now trying to do Batman Incorporated and left Dick to get, take care of Gotham. Um, Dick has to deal with a, a guy named The Dealer, which is kind of cool. That interaction going to the auction with the gas masks and all that stuff is really cool. But ultimately the story revolves around commissioner Gordon's son, James jr. Coming back, uh, commissioner Gordon and Barbara being very wary that he was kind of a psychopath as a kid. They're pretty sure he murdered a girl, but they could never really prove it. So they sent him away to get help. He claims he's on meds. And now he, he basically is almost set up as Dick's version of the Joker. And, and in the graphic novel, they even do an interlude um, where the Joker escapes from Arkham. Dick has to hunt him down, and Joker outright tells him, I wasn't looking for you. I was trying to hide underground until my Batman shows up. And so it really kind of shows that relationship where Dick and Joker don't have that like Bruce and Joker do. But James Jr. knows who Dick is and knows how to hurt Dick. And the relationship between them really kind of sets it up that James Jr. can be Dick's own Joker uh, if Dick was to be uh, Batman for a long period of time. You know, if there there were anybody here, every cock on the planet, I was just thinking the same thing. Like you said, Dick, a lot of times (laughs) and talk about hurting Dick. Dick. um, Just just so written by friend of the podcast, Scott Snyder. And my my favorite. um, I have two Batman artists that I absolutely adore. One of them is Lee Mayho, and the other one is Jock. Jock is incredible. Jock yeah. is great. You and don't like that, Fryer? No, I love Jock. No, yeah. no, no, no. Okay. no. That, was, that was a good. I mean, his um, what is it? Uh, the, the it was a good Batman, old face. The Batman who laughs. His Batman yeah. who laughs is fucked up, man. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the first. I believe this is the first thing ever by Scott Snyder I ever read, and I want to say like ten years ago. I forget how. Twenty eleven is when it came out. 
Okay, so so it came out ten years ago. I probably didn't read it right away. It was a little bit after that. And I remember I'm like I had read some Batman stuff, and then I just did like a deep dive, and I was probably watching or listening to shows like we're doing today. And I'm like, all right, what do people consider all the best ones? And then I went back and read them all, and this was one that jumped out. And they're like, oh, it's Dick Grayson as as Batman. I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll give it a go. And I was blown away by it. And I also love the idea of James Gordon having two kids, one of them being Batgirl slash Oracle, and the other one being an absolute psychopath like, like a, a legitimate fucking, psycho like the depths of scott snyder's brain to come yes. up with this mm-hmm. psychopath uh i thought it was great i know the guys over at tldr uh dr joe and fryer you guys have had snyder on a, a couple of times talking about his newer stuff this is some of his older stuff but yeah he'll maybe maybe may, this and american vampire probably my, my favorite things i know he's talked about it at nauseum like whether it's on our show or other shows about um about writing batman like how he had like serious imposter syndrome when dealing with bruce wayne when it came to dealing with dick grayson he's like i could do that all day but moving over to bruce wayne for him was like a huge like yeah. thing for him well, and it's not the first yeah. time he's he's played around with uh this is gonna sound terrible like you know i'm saying dick all the time but james gordon's son right you know being a psychopath whether it's uh Last Night on Earth or um, The Batman Who Laughs. He's yeah. one of those two stories I'm forgetting. But Batman Who Laughs. He's in that Batman one. Who Laughs, yeah. yeah right, right. Just Snyder's ability to just take a, a, a an absolutely mundane character or pull a character out of nowhere and, and, and just write the shit out of him and really make him something terrifying is it's second to none. All right, number five on our list. Let's go back to Doc. All right, so number five. This is... One of my favorite ones. Uh, this is, you know, for me, you know, the the best origin story you're going to get for Batman. And this is Frank Miller's and Dave uh, Mazzucchelli's Batman Year One. This is just what I love about this book is one. This is going to sound weird, but that Frank Miller didn't draw it. I'm not a huge fan of you know his art from Dark Knight and. Uh, returns and dark knight strikes back but uh, mazakelli's art on this i thought was one of the things that makes me love this book because it gives it a very noir feel the way he draws it's very dark it's 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 very gritty but we see batman here you know really learning the ropes like you get a quick uh you know couple lines about how he spent 12 years training and now he's in gotham and he's really starting to figure out how he's going to, you know, do this whole thing and, and, and be this vigilante. You see a very sloppy Batman. You see Bruce Wayne, like, writing down alibis, different alibis he's going to use, you know, for his whereabouts and and the mistakes he makes and the amount of times he gets shot. He's not wearing fucking armor. It's just Frank Miller's writing in his prime is, you know, is absolutely fantastic. I mean, where Scott Snyder is now is where sort of Frank Miller was, you know, in the eighties, right? Like those are like the you know two Titans right now that, that are, you know, that have been writing, especially this character. And what else I love about this too, is that it's just as much a Jim Gordon story as it is a Batman story. You get this like noir LA confidential feel to it while you're, while you're reading it and all the shit that, that Gordon's dealing with as he's coming into Gotham for the first time and dealing with all the corrupt cops and, uh, you know, the corrupt commissioner and, and then, you know, at the end, how they forged that, you know, Batman and Jim, you know, you know, forged that relationship. Like this really to me is the true Batman origin book. There is no other one in my mind. I agree completely. You and I, Joe had this one ranked both super high. Yeah. This is the one where anytime somebody's like what Batman, but I haven't read Batman comics. 
like and i want to i'm like read this one this is the yeah. first one and then i think they all kind of make sense after this one and even though earlier i said batman has the best villains this book doesn't have joker black mask penguin mr freeze poison ivy like on down the line doesn't have those it has uh the mob bosses because yeah. that's what gotham city's original villains were and davy we've talked about this a bunch on dork about how on the one hand you're like hey batman's cleaning up gotham city on the other hand batman really inspired all of the character villains to come out and wreak havoc and not to be like a reductionist or make it sound overly simple but like it's a chicken and egg principle mm -hmm. like so the you know batman shows up in this costume in this over-the-top persona and he's going to wipe out all the organized crime what's that going to invite that's going to invite over-the-top villains so that's great you know what came first the crime the crime or the vigilante or whatever and i think that's something that the and as you said this sets up forever you know batman i think bruce wayne bears that responsibility so not he keeps going not only for himself but because well i kind of fucking started this thing so i have to see it through <laughs> yeah you know here a while because there's yeah. a new fucking weirdo every day i gotta deal yep. with yep uh all right good anybody else on uh your one good all well, right, no, i think it's, well one thing i will say like if we're talking about the we're ranking the best titles but where to start i i this was not on my list but this is absolutely we're talking about starting points this is where you got to begin because that's yes. a whole other conversation too because this is all stuff yeah. like from years down the line and everything yeah. Yeah, no, good point. Like, it doesn't have to be your favorite. And in fact, it's not number one on my list. But I think when people do ask, what do I read? It's like, read this one. You won't be disappointed. You might be like, where's the Joker? Where's this? But it all makes sense. And it gives yeah. you such a good baseline for the character. And also, it's just in the title. Like, all right, what was year one like for Batman? Because think about when we go and we pick up these other movies and stuff. And with the exception of, like, Batman Begins, and that's why that movie I love so much, is the other ones you're sort of like picking up a Batman who already has a cave, he already has all these gadgets and a Batmobile and Alfred and all this stuff, whereas year one kind of maps out the whole thing. All right. Yeah, and, and there's some great elements in Batman Begins from this book, too. Definitely. Yeah. Number four on our list. Let's go back to Friar. So this was number two on my personal list. Um, I'm going with Court of Owls by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. And I know, Dave, you were talking about how Jock is one of your favorite mm -hmm. Batman writers. And of course, I know we all like Scott Snyder's writing. But when I think about my absolute favorite Batman artist, um, I think it's got to go to Greg Capullo. I really, there's a guy who's, who's drawing Batman right now that I really like his work, but Capullo has like that. There's a lot of darkness, of course, in the court of owls, but the way he draws Batman, it's like, he's still got like that, like that superhero feel, but he still looks like a man as well. And we got to remember, like, it's, we're not dealing with Superman and all this. So I love, no. I, in general, I just love his artwork. And then you start bringing in Talon and all that stuff in this. It's just, uh, it's his art stands out obviously in all of this. Um, but the story is this is basically like if there was a massive crime organization that completely operated in the shadows, like even more so than like a mob, like controlling stuff behind the scenes is like, like deep, dark level shit. Like Illuminati. Illum that, that's exactly what it is. Illuminati. Yeah. Um, and Batman like had heard about it growing up. I actually meant to pull up the nursery rhyme before, uh, before the show and I forgot to, but there's a nursery rhyme about the court of owls and everything. And Batman has actually, you know, th there's, there's a lot of history with, with it, with Gotham and then Batman as well. And he thinks this doesn't exist and he's looked into it and all this stuff. And then it's like, well, that's, that may not necessarily be the case. Um, and what's really interesting, like the story itself is great on its own, but if you haven't read it, you'll have this little benefit of knowing like when Scott Snyder was trying to write it, you know, we talked, I talked before about how 
getting to write Bruce Wayne was intimidating for him. When he found, like, this is part of the new 52 initiative. This is like the beginning yeah. of all the Bruce Wayne stuff. So he's trying to figure out how, how, the, how the fuck am I going to do this? He's got this imposter syndrome. He's writing with Greg Capullo, who's been drawing spawn and all this stuff. And then he, then he's like, I'm going to write a story about like how Batman has tried to make this huge impact over the years on Gotham. But in reality, he's made no difference whatsoever. And it's kind of like a metaphor for what he's dealing with taking on this larger than life character. And I think the way Snyder seamlessly integrates an Illuminati into Batman's mythos, like it was there the entire time yeah. is absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that this book did that, um, this got me actually back into Batman. Mm -hmm. So one of the new, when the new 52 came out, I mean, I had read year one, I had read dark Knight returns. I had read killing joke, obviously, but I was like, all right, I've read all the Batman. I know the stories. I don't need to go down any of these. And then with the addition of a great outfit in the, the court of owls, like that, again, that is just a, a pretty compelling story in and, in and of its own, but to make that, to make to make Gotham go deeper that way, both literally and figuratively. Like we're we need to get you know something. And I wasn't it true. I, I haven't read it in a while, but like the Waynes were in on it, right? Yeah. Like, what they were like the, was it? And the Grayson stuff is so like that it's one. I, I, yeah. yeah, it ties into the Nightwing run a New Fifty Two. That was awesome too. Yeah, right. But the fact <laughs> that they were all like involved with it, you know, and again that he's part of the problem he's trying to solve a problem that he kind of created that you know? is always part of the problem yeah and those masks forget about it uh -uh. Yeah. scary absolutely yeah. they used to they sell that now like they sell the collected edition with yeah. the mask you're like eh, i don't know if i want that that's kind of scary. i don't want that in my house yeah <laughs> i'm sure you guys joe and nick get asked all the time about like where do you start with comics just in general and like there's hard to have starting off points and that's why when DC does sort of relaunch their whole thing, like they did recently, not that recently, but they did with Rebirth, and then they did it with New 52, it's a lot to write the main character because this is what's going to get people to be like, hey, is New 52 a success or is it a failure? How was Batman? And yeah. Batman, honestly, is one of the few successes because I read a shitload of New 52. That's sort of when I got re-back into comics. I'm like, all right, here's a great starting spot. I read Flashpoint, and then I read all this stuff, and I read a lot of Volume 1s, and I did not read a lot of Volume 2s because they weren't very good, but Batman, I read, I think I might have fallen off by the end, but I read most of this run because it was a Court of Owls, then it's like Night of Owls and City of Owls, and then you yep. get the Death in the Family and like all this other stuff. Like I read all that. Definitely family so good too. It was great. Yeah. By the way, that we'll get to honorable mentions in a second. I'll say it now. That is one of the honorable mentions. And if you're collecting Batman New Fifty Two, I think it's technically Volume Three. It's a big sucker, and it's got the Nightwing run, the Red Hood run. The it's also one of the ones they sold the mask with, so you can get like the Joker is. face, creepy ass mask. Yeah. Uh, skin the face. Yeah. yeah, don't want that in my house. I, I cannot believe that one did not make our list. I know. I think Davey and I are the only ones that featured it on our list. Death of the Family. Yeah, of the yes. Family. Oh, I, I, in. I meant of. Yeah, Death of the Family is Volume Three in the New Fifty Two Batman. It actually finished eleventh. It like on, based on math, number eleven. So it's like it was the closest right. one to. To getting in there so yeah court of owls was great for a number of reasons and uh one of the newer ones i guess i would say on this one all right let's go to uh back to davy for number three so number three might be my favorite i think i had it number one 
You did have it number one. I had this one number one. Um, and this is Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Um, this was a I love soup to nuts, this entire story arc. Um, and just to give you like the brief synopsis, it's an older Bruce Wayne who has since retired. Um, he's living his life as Bruce Wayne. Um, and then he gets mugged in the street by some shit bums and basically becomes Batman again, like a middle-aged Batman. Um, and he just goes completely off the goddamn rails um, and just starts. It's, it's an, I love it. Think, I think so much because it's, it's very much an anti-Batman book um, because he's so, he's got nothing to lose. You know, Alfred's dead. He has no, he has no Robins. He's, he's on his own and he has no kind of moral compass anymore. He's just an old guy who's fucking losing his mind. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes so berserk in um, in Gotham City that Superman, who is now a government agent, who is now working for the United States government, is brought in to stop him. And he's the only one who can stop him. Um, it's just a really cool story of, you know, getting on in life and, and trying to be what you once were and something else i guess it's it's hard to explain i i want to talk about it without giving too much away but we talk about what batman's one rule he breaks that one rule and he breaks it for the one person he should um and he actually winds up killing the joker in this book um which is a completely fucked up scene where he actually hits he's the joker's you know taking over this amusement park batman throws a batarang in his eye paralyzes him it's from the neck down. And so Joker can still talk, but he's got a batarang in his eye and he right. can't move. And it's more of like a mercy killing. So Batman fucking snaps his neck. Like, and just leaves him there as he's laughing, obviously. So, um, and then obviously the green arrow shows up who has for inexplicably missing an arm. Love so that, yeah, <laughs> he lost his arm, I believe fighting Superman at one point. I think Superman took his arm. I believe yeah. what the story, how the story yeah. goes. And it's some yeah. of my favorite green arrows only in it for like a handful of uh, pages, but, but it's a very important number of pages. Important, and you get like a little bit into like the grizzled, basically like if it was a green knight or a green arrow returns book, yes. like that's what you would have got. You're like, I want more of this guy. Right. And they even messed around with it in the CW for a little bit. Like when yes. they were jumping around time frames, there were like the one armed green arrow and he's still shooting a bow and arrow. And it was awesome. And so I what kind of pissed me off is the Batman V Superman took a little bit from this. Yeah. Um, right. Especially specifically the suit, like the bear attack suit that yep. Batman has yeah. that he uses to fight Superman that he made for this very specific reason. Yeah, And as they're fighting, Green Arrow shoots a kryptonite arrow into the mix and Batman just starts beating the shit out of Superman. And I think it, almost, it almost kills him. I think it's very important, too, for people to separate the two because Batman versus Superman is like they took no. inspiration from this. Right. But it is not that. And no, because like, I remember not. I remember when they <laughs> uh, revealed Batman v Superman um, and they quoted this. And I was like, I, I literally I got so I excited at the thought of it that yeah. it made me giddy and so uh you just don't think that it's that please Make sure no just but go i also and enjoy it because it is and i would say that one of my favorite robins is carrie kelly 
Yeah, Kara Kelly's Kara Kelly's really good. And she takes on this young girl, which is which was uh, at the time. I mean, now we wouldn't bat an eye, but at the time it was oh, like yeah. it was odd, you know. And it's pretty cool too that this is the same guy, Frank Miller, basically writing year one Batman that we all hold up to such high regard, and then basically like the last year of last year of Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I, yeah, I don't I, think there was any. Sorry, Fred, but I don't think there was any more like important decade for batman than the 80s and right, it yeah. was spearheaded by frank miller i mean what you see with this book is i mean what he did with year one is he reintroduced the character you know and gave him like i said the definitive origin story but then he sort of takes him sort of you know you know end of life batman but at the time you had never seen batman like this no you know and, and it was just mind-blowing somebody I mean, asked on twitter once what is the most iconic batman panel and I responded. It was just oh, like some like, like the one, the one with the light with the lightning when he's or he's like sitting on the telephone wire and the lightning's behind him, and you just see like the yeah. silhouette. Like I love that shot. It's yeah. it's in there somewhere. That's a tough one. And now I'll tell you what though, like you guys mentioned how this is so Doc was just saying how the eighties were so important for Batman. I think older comic book fans would say like would generally put this as their number one, like you did, mm -hmm. Davey. Yeah. As yeah, opposed, just, I guess we're, yeah, we're a little younger. I agree. This is number one on most lists. I'm with Joe. I I am not a huge Frank Miller artist fan myself. Uh, he also has like the panels are loaded. Like it almost reminds me of like an it's a, Alan Moore stuff from like Watchmen. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of words. Like his old Daredevil yeah. too. Yeah, without fear. Yeah. So I loved Frank Miller's Daredevil run. Mm -hmm. Like like most people did. I think what he did for Daredevil, he kind of did for Batman. Batman, you could argue would would have been super famous anyway and popular anyway daredevil like without frank miller right you know, 100%. that's no a definitive right like with this we're, we can all have a difference of opinion on who the definitive writer is for batman and artist for batman for, for, for daredevil not the case all right uh for number two i'll tell you who i think the best writer is of batman and i know this is this is going out there it's jeff Loeb. he is the best writer of batman and uh, my number one comes in at number two for our group, and that is Batman The Long Halloween. It is, without question, not only my favorite Batman comic, my favorite comic comic of all time. A very, very simple story. It's 13 issues. There is a murder uh, every month on a holiday, and it is a whodunit involving Batman. And also what Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, by the way, Tim Sale's art is awesome. Uh, they loved Batman year one, like all of us did. And they basically were like, all right, what would like a Batman year two be? Like, what would so if year one is all about the mob bosses? Now let's kind of spin it another way. Mob bosses, yes, are still very much involved in this. Uh, in fact, very crucial as far as like the whodunit is concerned. But let's introduce you to every goddamn other. I was just about to say that it's like it features yeah. Batman and fucking everybody. <laughs> Like everybody gets screen time in this. I think it's it's honestly perfect. I think it's the perfect story because you know me, I love a whodunit and I love Batman. And you combine the two and just the way it's set up and you're like, all right, there's going to be a death around a holiday. So it starts in one Halloween and it ends in the other Halloween and hence the long Halloween. Also, Davey, a very rare standalone episode on hashtag dork. You can search the archives. We did a whole episode one Dorktober just on the long Halloween. That's how much I love this story. I've seen part one of the animated series. I haven't 
sucked up the six bucks to watch part two yet, which I'll, 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 I'll fucking get there eventually. Uh, I was just pissed it was on HBO Max. I don't know why it wasn't. That's so but, stupid. So again, the question that we get, like, where do I start year one? Like, what should I read next if I haven't read anything else? It's this one. These these are the two that I would say to buy. Like, I would I would urge anybody to buy them. Like, these are copies that you're going to want to yes. own. You're going to want to reread them. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Actually, you can even read if you read close on there. He references uh, this one. This was massive for his uh, Dark Knight trilogy like he he leaned on the long halloween a lot because again the triumvirate of batman jim gordon and harvey dent was so big in this story and in those movies but i can't say enough good things about this uh i'm not too pissed that it didn't come in at number one because i also love our number one very very much but <sighs> halloween is my personal favorite yeah and i love that i mean i'm a big jeff Loeb guy too and i love the team of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale because yeah. the, the writing and the art, right? The art has, again, it's got that kind of gritty feel to it. And that's what Batman is. Like when Batman is at his best, you know, when Batman stories are at their best, I should say, they're detective stories, yeah. right? They're, they're figuring out the crime. It's Batman using his brain as much as he's using his gadgets. And you combine that with that, that sort of noirish, darkish, gritty art. And it's an absolute home run. I mean, I love Long Halloween. I love The Haunted Night. I love uh, Dark Victory. Those are three Tim Sale, uh, you know, Jeff Loeb books. And while two of those, you know, didn't didn't make the list, this one very much had to because it is, it is one and one A really, uh, or one one A and you know, uh, like of. Just Batman books you should period. I'm glad you mentioned those other ones, too. I, I forgot. I own those as well. Dark Victory is the sequel to this. And then Haunted Night is sort of like three kind of like mini standalone type things that yeah. highlight different villains. Um, all worth reading. And also, speaking of Jeff Loeb, his Marvel color series mm. is some of my favorite things ever written, including Daredevil Yellow and Spider-Man Blue. I will tell you this right now. There is not a more infuriating way to spell the name Jeff than the way <laughs> Jeff Loeb does, which is J E P H. My name is Jeff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's worse, this version of Jeff or Sean Figgins. Oh, oh my yeah, God. T H O N E. Tony. What about Sean what about, what about Sam Brenneman? T H O N E. I heard you say that on the air today. Sam Brenneman. And I know you guys aren't big Superman guys, but Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale and did a couple of Superman books that were actually really good as well. Yeah, these guys, these guys are great. They're they're absolutely fantastic. So I can't recommend the Long Halloween enough. Uh, and let's wrap the. Actually, you know what? Let's do some honorable mentions. Um, well, these, these were ones that also received votes. So I'll toss it out there, and then anybody can say whatever they want about them. But also receiving votes was Batman Earth One. Anybody on that one? No. Uh, great Batman, suit. Batman, great suit in Earth One. R.I.P. I like this one because Batman was off his fucking rocker. Out of control. In this, mm -hmm. in this book. And then you've got Batmite. Which Batmite is, is just stupid. He's just tremendous. Uh, <laughs> you had Dark Knight Strikes Back. Who was yeah, that? the sequel to... Yeah, how, uh, how was that, Joe? I don't think... I don't know if I read that I one. I didn't read that. It's, you know, it's... It's more of the same. Uh, it, it's, you had it seventh on your list, and you're not really yeah. selling it. No, yeah, no, you know... <laughs> 
Well, I wasn't prepared to talk about it. I thought right, out what your deal is. Fun. You had all summer to do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. It's good, but, not great. Let's put it that way. Jesus Christ. And how is it seventh? Anyway, that's all we're going to argue. Uh, Fryer, you liked as, as well as I did. I didn't have this on my list, but I considered it was Last Night on Earth. I thought Shime liked this book too. I was surprised that this one didn't make the cut. I only have read the first issue of this book. I have not read the entire thing. How do you not fucking want to read that whole thing? So it's a black label book. It's three I issues. It's Snyder, Capullo. It's their last ride together. And you have freaking Joker and a lantern's head. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. I was going to say, isn't there like a lantern involved in this? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, Joker's it's head definitely it. solid. Uh, Shime, you very much like Grant Morrison's run with Batman and Robin. Yeah, again, another Dick Grayson story, but it's actually the relationship between Dick and Damien, which Damian to me Wayne. was just yeah. an awesome, awesome yeah. uh, uh, back and forth. I think it's the it's so much of a better back and forth than like Bruce and Damien because Dick and Damien's personalities are so polar opposites, yeah. and they both try to be Bruce's son, but one knows he is, and the other doesn't care that he is. So right. it's like it's this really right. cool dynamic that I personally love. Again, like my you, favorite stories aren't necessarily Bruce Batman stories. They're just I, I just love the Dick Batman stories as well. And I <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man, damn, you gotta read that. No, but I love I love like you said, the 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 kid who was raised by Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And the kid who was sired by Bruce Wayne. Yes. And I mean that's who's more his son. Exactly. At the end of the story, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, David, you had Arkham Asylum. High I did. Again, if, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, if you ever doubted whether or not comic books are art, <laughs> oh my God, this pick up Arkham art. Asylum. The artwork in this book yeah. is, I put it on my list just for that. I mean, the story itself pretty wild. Is, is pretty wild that the Joker makes a call. He's all the, all the rogues galleries in Arkham Asylum, and, and Batman is called, they're like, we will let all of these hostages go if you send Batman in. And the whole thing is them just trying to convince him that he belongs in there too. Mm. And the artwork is haunting. Yeah, it really it is. It is uh, so next good. Level. I agree. Yeah. Uh, like, we think of like if a Batman story was done by the guy who used to do those scary stories books. You got to read Batman Reptilian. That's not on our list. That's ongoing right now at Black yeah. Label. It's written by Garth Ennis, and the artist is Liam Sharp. I will be doing an episode on this on TLDR. I'm three issues in so far. Things are fucking awesome. Yeah, that looks. that's definitely on my, as soon as that is out in a trade, I'm all over that. Uh, we had mentioned Death of the Family. Uh, that finished 11th on our list. Uh, one of the other newer ones, Friar, we both had this on our list, I think... I had it as well, I think. And Shime did too. Three Jokers by Jeff Johns, which again is very Red Hood heavy, but it's Ugh, that's it's a you, quick, quick burst. If you are familiar with Batman, you need to read Three Jokers. The, the story itself is just, it's tremendous. It is the ultimate portrayal and it like, it defines the Batman Joker relationship in this, in this way that it seemed impossible and yet was remarkable. And then the way book one ended, yeah, was a literal jaw dropping moment. I, holy fuck! What the Red hell Hood. just happened? Yeah, Red is, Hood was outstanding in this series. Yeah, it's, it's, this is a top five Red Hood book. Yeah, yeah. I this is one of the best Bat Family books, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say so. I also, I wish it was. I know Doc, you have this battle, so now I wish this was paperback. I don't like the, all the hardcovers here. 
Yeah. Oh. Well, hey, if you got the oversized though, sometimes like, this is one of those series where you absolutely rich. I know you're big on the, the graphic novels and waiting, but you should have collected it like from issue to issue because you got those cards. I picked up that red hood from. You did give me one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Those I hate the oversized issues though because I can't fucking put them in a long yeah. box and they uh, fucking piss well, me off. There's a million other uh, ones that i own that we didn't even put on there uh dark victory was definitely one of them uh gotham by gaslight in the mm. uh in the chat there's a really good i one. love that i love I that not, one i put that one on there and then the last honorable mention we have shime had this number two yes, on his list nobody else ranked it and that are you sure what's behind dr that. joe right there that would be nightfall so oh, this, I think, yeah. this is the comic that actually like so it's when I was really getting into comics, this is the one that roped me in. Mm -hmm. Like I had heard the story of Batman getting his back broken <sighs> and Azrael taking over the mantle of Batman and then Batman literally having to come back from a broken back in order to regain his mantle and regain his place as Batman. And, and so for me, the story I think is just, it's remarkable. It is I'm, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. It's it the is thickest goddamn book dense. on here. It, yeah. And it is, it is the thinnest pages. Like yeah. it is like Watchmen thick. That, yeah. But the Turn story is yeah. tremendous. Four C's. Good Bane stuff. Yes. Good. If you like Bane. Very good Bane stuff. One you thing have before, real good Bane. So. Before we go to the number one, I do want to say that Thomas Wayne's Batman, I wish we got more of him. Like he was yes. awesome in Flashpoint. I would love to get more yeah. of that character. And Martha Wayne's Joker. Oh, yeah. Would have been nice too. Oh, my God. Watching The Walking Dead, it just pisses me off that Ugh. Jeff Dean Morgan and uh, Lauren Cohen, Lauren Cohen didn't get to pull that Would've off. Been awesome. Yet, it's true. Yet, yeah. right. Good point. Yet, and did you see a while ago they even put one of them put on Instagram like a photo of the two of them? Like she had like some weird makeup yeah. on and he had like a bat thing on. I was like, God damn it, that would have been so good. Sons of bitches. Yeah, so good in that show too. But again, it, it, this uh, Nightfall pissed me off, be, and it. The book itself is good, but the problem is how Bane was treated after that. Like Bane yeah. is just like this big knucklehead yeah. most of the time. Well, and Batman he's not Robin when he's in that movie, or is yeah. it Batman forever? He doesn't talk. No, and he's like he's just like a big oaf. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It, it, right. it, people need to realize that Bane is more than just muscle. Like right. he is, he has an intelligence on par with that of someone like Batman. Agreed. I uh, 100% agree. All right, without further ado, so uh, recapping real quick. Number 10, White Knight. Number 9, The Killing Joke. Number 8, Death in the Family. Number 7, Under the Red Hood. Number 6, The Black Mirror. Number 5, Year 1. Number 4, Court of Owls. Number 3, Dark Knight Returns. Number 2, The Long Halloween. And without further ado, let's go to Doc for number 1. Real bold move, uh, having Doc bring us home. But uh, <laughs> coming in at number 1 is Batman Hush. Uh, written by Jeff Loeb, as we just mentioned, and uh, you know loved so much, and uh, art by Jim Lee. Mm. Fucking love and Jim Lee, man. Oof. Jim Lee is yes. incredible. Um, so, so side note, my cousin uh, not too long ago just gave me. He's like, "Here, I, my mom wanted me to get these comics out of my house. I need you to take these." So I'm going through them, and it's got like Spawn number one. I'm going through, and all of a sudden, there's Jim Lee's initial run on X Men. There's Jim Lee. Oh, you know, there's God. Todd McFarland. Todd McFarland's initial run on Spider Man. I'm like. Holy shit! So I've been I've been going through those and yeah, Jim Lee as an artist is absolutely fantastic. And 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 might I say he draws a nice buttock. He does. He does a nice caboose. Nice, he draws a nice caboose. Uh, but for sure, Jim Lee was Wildcats, right? 
Yes. Yes. Yep. 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 Grifter, yep. your boy. Keith. Oh yeah, he's yep. back too. Yeah, Grifter's back. Yeah, oh, making a nice comeback. And Red Hood. Dave. Oh, dude. Uh, I, I, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the trade on these bad boys. You need a team up of Grifter and Red Hood. We got a little bit of them together, but I want that to be a book. Matt Rosenberg should do it. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. But uh, so if if year one was you know the 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 quintessential origin story of how Batman became you know the detective that he is to me Hush is Batman in his prime, you know this is a great mystery. It is a great whodunit and and a great use, much like Long Halloween of the Batman uh, Rogues Gallery because you've oh, got Croc, Ivy, Catwoman, Talia Ghul, Rashagul, Clayface, Scarecrow, Riddler. I mean they're they're all in there and. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Jesus Christ, she's nuts. And so like, the the okie dokes that happen and the twists and turns and 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 Batman Red and Hood? Bruce Red Hood, perhaps? Question perhaps? Mark, yeah, maybe? Well, I, I was told not. You know, anyways, uh, <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. But I'm saying, but still, like that. That is just. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, keep going. That is that that part of it though is what jumps out to me. And this, yeah, and what and, and and as great a detective as he is, especially in this, he's still one upped at every twist and turn. And it's a this is a twelve issue run, and the fact that you really don't have a sense of you know who it is until you get to issue 10, 11, 12 is just it, it's a great story. And and Jeff Lowe was able to do something here that fucking Tom King absolutely butchered, oh, and Jesus, that was have go. a relationship between Batman and Catwoman. Oh, the so best. The best on paper relationship ever between Batman and Catwoman, which has been attempted a million times. The oh, Tom King's doing awesome. it now, and it's the fucking pits. Yeah, Friends oh, took this one for you to talk about that, Joe. I'll tell you what, though, <laughs> the worst animated film interpretation of a Batman story. Oh my god, I was so disappointed. It's more about the ending than anything else. What the yeah, fuck right. was that? Kid? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, agreed. Sure. This one, uh, to me, is so. It's funny that Jeff Loeb did both Hush and Long Halloween because they both highlight all of the great villains within uh, Gotham City, and they also introduce you to ones that like can hang. Yeah, like, in Holiday and Hush, you're like, yeah, put them, put them in the mix. Like those yeah. guys are going to be uh, on the all time great list, and then just the interactions they have with all the different characters throughout, and those are great reads. And because of the artists, both Jim Lee and Tim Sale, yeah. It just makes the story so much better, like so and, much better to me. And sneaky, I love books where criminals get the better of Batman. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh. Like they really. Yes, I was just thinking that, get, dude. and like they they beat him essentially yeah. when yeah. he when he has is out of like has lost control and doesn't know what's going on. I mean, it happens to mm -hmm. poor owls too. Like you really know, and it's like, oh my god, he's just he just no idea what to do for me. And this is a guy who's prepared yep. for fucking everything. And they highlight it through from the beginning how you know even as a as a kid like Tommy Elliot just always had the better of them when they're playing with mm -hmm. those those tin yeah, soldiers yeah. and and the other thing I love too about the art was the flashback scenes that Jim Lee did he did these beautiful watercolors they were far different style than the rest of the art and it gave it just sort of this this haunting you know feel to it and just from you know start to finish just it was it's borderline perfection and the uh, the english teacher in me is like see joe what he was doing is that everything happening in the present is very fine line very definitive everything in the past is up to interpretation it's not as clear hence the watercolors see there's that there it is I like, hey, there baby, it is baby. Yeah. Your master's degrees. Thank you. just the one just the one oh, sorry by the way i'm very <laughs> i'm very thrilled how uh red hood kind of 
heavy this whole thing is between yeah. death in the family and under the red hood and uh hush it's very kind of pushed in that direction which i, I like. think the cool thing about the list too is it's just it's it's so bat family heavy right i think all of these are so they involve whether it's dick grayson or jason todd or you know barbara gordon any of those it's just bat family heavy which i think is part of what defines batman and i think that's what makes this such a good list. Ranking the Bat Family is definitely an episode that either Dork or TLDR needs to do at some point. Ooh. Yeah. Or both. Or both. Or both. With the flip and, coin, we'll see. And and yeah. the great thing about Red Hood, too, is to get over episode. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Or what if we do a draft and we have to draft Bat, bat Family? Oh, yeah. We can do Drafting something like a that. Bat Family sounds I like a good it. draft. But I'm, Red Hood is a great what if Batman, you know, you know, killed, you know, like. There you go. You get that what if story in canon yeah. with a real character side by side, and you get to see the comparison between the two, and it's awesome. Does Huntress count as a Bat family member? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how how would that? Yes, of course. All right. How would that draft work? Like, do you? Is it just? Are you building like a like a team of four or something? Or a team? Like, because do, do you want all good guys, or do are we drafting the villains too? Well, I, I think, think you have no, a a, fa- a family of four. Yeah, we have family of four, and then I think we anybody that he's teamed up with over the years, which should be fair game. And, and, and honestly, Joker would fall into under that because we with see Two Face too, an All Star Batman. Yep, there. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of ways, and there's a lot of new characters that have been Harvey drawn. Ghostmakers right. now new, which I'm sure some of you guys don't know. Ghostmakers well. awesome. I know Luke yeah. Fox. Yep, Luke Fox. Yep, there's, even yeah, someone like Fox. Squire and Raziel, Man Bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just Bat-mite. throwing all. Yeah, Batmite. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. Or yeah, I like that. Or we could even just draft his villains and sort no. of be like, as if you did like a team of villains to go up against them, you know? Yeah, there's there's a, there are quite a few options. We could do you know we could do both and have one show do one during the week and one show do the other during the week. Heroes and villains and have those fight. There you go. Red yes. Hood gets drafted onto both teams. Like, I, like, I love that. <laughs> win, win for well, which which Red Hood though? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Go. Which one are you gonna do? All right, that is our list. There is our top 10 comics, uh, our top 10 Batman comics, graphic novels. Email us, dorkpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at dorkpodcast. Let us know, uh, what do you think of the list? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What did we miss? What other stuff should we read? Uh, where uh, where can the guys find you? Where can the people find you, uh, Joe and, and Fryer? Where can they Joe find you? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at TLDR underscore pod. Um, as well as Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Twitch uh, as uh, Backcracker. And you can find me on Twitter at Fry underscore Guy One. And just a quick plug for the Instagram. Joe does almost all the stuff there. He does a fucking outstanding job, Ma- the mashups and everything. Oh, you guys definitely want to make sure you go follow that. I agree. And I'm telling you, if you're listening to this episode, you obviously must like comics. Check out these guys because they're reading everything that's out right now. So if you're interested in the latest issue of whatever they've read it so you can tweet them you can email them do whatever you want and uh, listen to their podcast and you'll find out what's worth uh paying attention to sean what about you besides the great gresh and keith program where can people hear and see you yeah you can find me at shine time on the twitter uh and on twitch uh right now i've been uh retweeting and replying to everybody tweeting their fantasy football teams at me i've been grading them giving you some uh recommendations on how you can improve so shoot those my way i'll help you out a little bit see if i can't win you some money and correct me if i'm wrong it's pronounced scrim scrim yeah, right that's 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 correct i think like scrim show Yes. yes, exactly. Actually, my new my new nickname is Scrim. 
Scrim. So. Scrim Shady. Uh, the real Scrim Shady will please stand up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Davey, next week, Shang-Chi is coming Shang out. Chi. That'll be our next episode next week. Davey oh. returns to the movies by himself. Jo- That's Joe's right. talking about a Shang-Chi book this week, by the way. Quick plug for two. Oh, good to know. Oh, might, so, might, might be a little you. bit more important than we realize. While I have you, is there an essential Shang-Chi reading that I must read prior to the movie? Well, I would read the book that I'm talking about tomorrow. Which um, is? It's just called Shang-Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi. It's recent. It's recent. It came out uh, 2019, 2020. Um, it's four or five issues. And when you read it, you're going to realize that there's definitely a connection to Doctor Strange and um, uh, uh, Agatha Harkness. Steven's got to get his shit together. How? Yeah. By the way, Agatha Harkness with the old wink, the old wink like Doctor Strange had in the trailer. She can wink at me any day. And coming off a win, she won the uh, was a Critics' Choice Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series. Proud Northwestern alum, right there. Love to see it. How about that? Her and Darnell Autry. How do you like that? (laughs) No, deep Paul, mid nineties running back for anyway. Uh, Dave, what do you say about wombats? They get them square poopies, Jack. You say that. You're going to have problems, just like everything else. But stay positive and stay strong. Stay positive and stay strong.